shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Y'all gonna be okay. Amen. <laughs> Amen. For those of you who are streaming, we have a visitor in. One of the five of air have come and started flying around the dome. So <laughs> we, we're going to be okay. Psalm 46. I want to focus in on verses 4 through 7 this morning. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of our God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage and the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us and God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. Don't panic. Don't panic. Part two. Don't
There are some who have been affected economically in ways that many of us have not experienced. Some have experienced layoffs or jobs just completely closing down. Businesses having to uh, pack up and are uncertain whether they will ever reopen. Some have even experienced the loss of loved ones in the midst of this crisis. The fact is that it's been difficult for all of us, but for some of us, it has been more difficult than most. And if you're one of those individuals who can look at 2020 and say that while you have been uh, uncomfortable and have had to reprioritize and reorganize your life, but overall, you have only experienced discomfort and not a lot of disappointment, then you ought to praise God for things being as well as they are in your life. But even for those of us who have experienced discomfort and disappointments and sorrows and burdens on top of burdens as a result of being in this pandemic, I still want to encourage you this morning that you should not panic because this second stanza of the second session, section of Psalm 46 tells us that we can resist the urge to panic by relying on God's divine uh, provision. We can resist the urge to panic by relying on God's divine provision. Look at what the psalmist says. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of all God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. The Bible is telling us that regardless of what we have experienced, we should not panic because God provides. This is what the psalmist is saying in this second section. That you and I can be calm. You and I don't have to fall apart. Even when our world seems to be falling apart at the seams. Because God will provide. He provides three things that this psalm shows us in this section. First, he provides our substance. He provides our substance. He provides what we need materially. God provides our substance. He provides our substance. Here's what the Bible says. There is a river whose stream may glad the city of our God. This is the psalmist speaking of God's provision even in times of uncertainty, even in times of upheaval, even in times of tumult. God will provide your substance. One of the biggest problems that we have is we see other things as the source of our provision. And whatever 
be cut off, we start to lose our mind. I don't know how I'm going to make it. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. Now, there are many sources that you may have. There are many sources. For some people, it's a job. If I lose my job, I don't know how I'm going to make ends meet. For some people, it's a hustle. You just uh, find yourself taking on whatever can come your way because the job you have is not enough to provide what you need. And so the truth of the matter is, you depend more on your hustle than you do your job. My father was a hustler. I know y'all used to hear that with preaching. He was a hustler. My father was a pastor. My father worked from nine to five, but this was his hustle. Building fits for the things that he enjoyed, but also it was the way of providing for our family because at the end of the day, what Frisco Manufacturing and also all the time what the church was providing was not enough to be able to take care of the needs of the family, so he had a hustle. And so I must see our sources of hustle. As long as people is calling and giving us opportunities to engage in our hustle, then we're okay. But when the phone is not ringing, we start to get discouraged. You know, some people, your source is a relationship. Sugar mama, sugar daddy. Babe, boo. Whatever you may identify them as. But that's your way of trying. That's a source for you. And, and, and when they and Boo and Sugar Daddy and Sugar Mama end up moving on to someone else or begin to stop giving you the attention that you are used to giving, then you start to say, oh Lord, I don't know how I'm going to make it. Preach pastor, I know I am. But the fact of the matter is, God wants us to remember something. That those things are not our source. God will use our jobs. God will use your hustles. And at the end of the day, God will even use people sometimes to help supply your needs. But you have to remember that God is your source. Because every now and then God will shake up your life in such a way that all of those things that you are depending upon, all of those things that you were leaning upon, your push and your safety net have been taken away and he wants you to understand that in those times when it seems like it's falling apart, you don't have to panic because you lost a source of provision because thus
river. Even when God makes the garden of Eden, he shows us how important rivers are. Because in Genesis chapter 2, verse 10, the Bible says, a river flowed out of the garden of Eden to water the garden. And from that river, it divided into four major rivers, two of which are very well known because of what it would actually do for early on civilization, the Tigris and the Euphrates River. That God even places a river in the midst of the Garden of Eden because the river provides the nutrients, provides the substance to be able to sustain the life of the garden. Rivers were very important. Even in the ancient age of the Mesopotamian age, which meant land between two rivers, that you have this early civilization settled along the Tigris and Euphrates because they needed the river to be able to sustain their life for drinking water, but also for um, to have things to water the earth and for agricultural societies they depended upon the river. Even when you look at that great uh, civilization, the Egyptian civilization, they had the Nile River. And part of the reason why it was able to prosper was the cause of the Nile and how the Nile creates this fertile presence which allows for the land to make sure that it is convenient and the land is nourished for planting and for the helping of civilization to not only survive but thrive because if the river is there, then the river has the ability to keep the land nourished and therefore the people can focus on other things and begin to inquire, begin to investigate other um, means, other things that can be developed out of their intellectual abilities because they have the river there in order to sustain their lives. Even the city of Selma, back before uh, you had railroads, and definitely before you had interstate systems, even in the modern age, cities that thrive, thrive because they were placed along a river. Selma was considered to be uh, possibly the state of Alabama's capital because she is nestled right along the Alabama River. And Montgomery becomes the capital because she is right beside the Alabama River. The river is important because the river is a way of sustaining life. Not only for water and not only for natural substance, but also for commerce and trade. And the Bible says there is a river whose streams make glad the city of all God. Yes, but the Bible, y'all still in this morning? Here's what the Bible is saying. The Bible is saying that uh, God is the river. How do you know that, Pastor? Because when you look at um, Jerusalem, the city of God, one of the biggest things that surprises people is that God 
when you got good. Like, like the heathen, when you see a steady flow of provision coming your way. Like the heathen, when you can see and uh, begin to make plans based on this river that you have. You know what I'm talking about. When you got that river of that job and you start making plans because you know that this is coming in at the end of every month. I can count on this every week. And so you make plans based on your number. But what do you do when there's no river? The Bible says that God specializes in creating streams that can sustain us even when we don't have a river. And he saw it to you in the text. He says, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of our God. Jerusalem does not have a river, but God sustains it through streams. Uh, Jerusalem is built on a hill made out of limestone rock, but underneath the ground there was a spring that came from a river. And from that stream that flows underground. You can read the Bible in 2 Kings chapter 20, verse 20, or 2 Chronicles chapter 32, verse 30. The Bible talks about how King Hezekiah creates a conduit that brings water from the streams underground. And it flows into the city. And it connects with the pool of Salon. And what the Bible is saying is that King Hezekiah had enough sense to say we're going to sustain our way of life. There's some kind of way we have to get the water that comes out of the river through the stream into the city. And what the Bible is saying in Psalm 46 is there is a river of God whose streams make glad the city of our God. It is simply saying, my brothers and sisters, that your job
to look at your life over these last few months and see I may have lost some stuff, but I've been all right because the Lord has provided a stream. I can even testify for myself personally. There have been some things that were on my schedule, some speaking engagements, and some big cities before some major crowds that were canceled in 2020. And I had plans to go there. And not only go there, but the truth be told, I had plans of bringing something back with me when I got done. And even though those plans got canceled, I can honestly say I have not missed anything because God specializes in providing a stream. may not be present. He provides our substance. But not only does he provide that, he provides serenity. Serenity. There's a river whose streams make glad the city of our God. Make glad. In the midst of a world that according to verse number two and verse number three is going crazy. In the midst of a world where it says the mountains are moved into the sea. In the midst of a world where the waters are roaring and foaming and the waters are coming in with such force, such a tsunami that the mountains are trembling as the water is swelling. You talk, that's a lot of water. It's one thing for water to come in and move your cup. But when water comes in and mountains are trembling, that's a lot of water. And the Bible says that in the midst of all of that craziness, you and I can have peace beside the stream that the river provides. I love this. I'm from the country. And I know what it's like to go through the woods. And when you're going through the woods, we used to walk home sometime. And we had a trail that we would take from the middle school into our neighborhood, back to the woods. And I can remember now as I prepared this sermon, there was a little bridge that was made that I used to love to go over because under this bridge was a stream that was just flowing. And it was one of the most peaceful experiences and I wish I could go back now and be able, if I could find it, to just stand there for a little while and listen to the birds and the wind and the stream. There's something about being next to a stream that gives serenity and peace. And this is what the Lord is saying. In the midst of this time where it seems as if the whole world is going crazy, 
God will provide you peace. And since God provides peace, then you and I should not panic. Oh, thank God for the peace that his streams of provision bring. People don't understand it. They look at you like you're crazy. Why aren't you falling apart? Why aren't you pulling out track? Why are you so calm when you seem to be doing, going with so much lack? God provides peace at his streams. This is what the psalmist says in Psalm 23. He leads me beside still waters. The psalmist David saying, he leads me beside flowing streams. It is, it, it is water that is not moving fast. Water that is peaceful. Water that you can even kneel and drink from. Thank God for his serenity that comes from his rivers. Uh, the streams that comes from his rivers. Then he says something else. I'm done for today. He says, so God is in the midst of her. She will not be moved. And then he goes on to say that God not only provides substance and serenity, but God provides security. Security. Bible says in verse 7, I'll come back to the V part of 5 in a second. It says in verse 7 that the nations rage, the kingdoms tie. He utters his voice in earthbills. This speaks of God's power. And from his power, the security that he gives to those who trust in him. The Bible says, God is in her. He will help us, help her when morning dawns. Our King James will say, right early. The Bible is saying to us that God's power is seen in our times of crisis by the suddenness of his power. The suddenness of his power. The Bible says, he will help her when morning dawns. Right early. This is, this is the Bible saying that God's help shows up at the breaking of day. After you have gone through the night. After you've gone through the difficulties of sleeplessness. After you have tried
for his help. That shows up right here. Shows up right there. When you feel like you're going to give up. We pay. Endures for a night. But joy comes in the morning. And I'm glad when I look back over my life. God may not have shown up when I wanted it to. But I tell you, some kind of way God knows how to set that thing up. God knows how to set it up that when he shows up, all you can do is give him glory. All you can do is give him praise. All you can do is lift your hands and say, God, you did it again. You made a way when it seemed that there was no way. His help shows up the suddenness of his help and his security, but then it's also the sovereignty of it. The Bible says uh, the nations rage, the kingdoms top. It means presidents are losing their mind. <laughs> it means even and everything coming out the mouth of government leaders. It means that they're looking at each other and really don't know what to do. Lying and promising all types of false hopes. It is, my brothers and sisters, what the Bible calls nations raging and kingdoms tottering. When, my brothers and sisters, you have to control a narrative because you know that the truth is damning. So you try to make sure that you don't allow anybody to tell the truth. It's because the nation is raging. The kingdom is powerful. Trying to make things happen because you know that at the end of the day, your time is running out on you. You can see that you ain't got but about uh, 25 more days. And a change can come. It's called a uh, nation raging and kingdoms tottering. But I ain't worried about what the nation's leaders are doing. And I'm not worried about how world leaders are tottering. Because my God is so sorry that he does not have to move. All he has to do is speak. Bible says he speaks and his voice melts the earth. He speaks and darkness and night separates. He speaks and the sun starts working the day shift and the moon starts working the night shift. He speaks and the stars are sprinkled across the velvet night. He speaks and the rivers are carved Vegetation 
I just made up my mind. I'm going to chill out and wait on the Lord to do what the Lord can do. I made up my mind. I'm not about to lose my mind in the midst of COVID. I'm just going to sit here and wait on the Lord to speak and wait on the Lord to make his sovereign decree. I'm not worried about 45. I'm not worried about any of his companies. I'm not even worried about Democrats because all of them ain't right either. Because at the end of the day, God can speak. Now when he speaks, they ain't changed. And so the psalmist says, ah, so the God Ah, uh, the Lord of hosts is with us. Yes, yes. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Yes, yes. He says, before you lose your mind, sit down and think about that. Right. He says, say well, before you throw in the towel, sit down and think about that. Right. I know it's been hard for you. I know it's been difficult. And I know that you are getting weary. But before you give up on God, sit down and think about that. Think about his provision. Think about how he provides your substance with streams. Think about how he gives you serenity and peace through the streams that flow out of who he is. The river of his presence. Think about how he can give you security. Yes. Even when the world around you is falling apart. And the Bible says, if you don't get it, all you got to remember is what verse 7 says. It says, the Lord of hosts is with us. That Lord of hosts is in talking about the Lord of heaven's armies. It is saying that even when the nations are falling apart, when the military might of America is not enough, when the military might of our alliances is not enough, there is a commander in chief that's greater than the one who sits in the Oval Office. There is a general who has an army that's never lost a battle. When you feel like you're all alone, don't be discouraged because the Lord of hosts, he has an army that's able to fight your battles. And the Bible says that the Lord of hosts is with us. And that means, my brothers and sisters, that I don't have to be dismayed, whatever be time. Because the Lord is with me. And the Lord will fight my battles. If there ain't anybody who's listening to me this morning that can testify that the Lord will fight your battles. It does not matter what you are dealing with this morning. Your 
Bible says that He is our fortress. I got to this ball, young woman, and we got done. He's our fortress. The Hebrew is really talking about that He is the inaccessible. God will provide a stream for your substance. God 
provide a spring that will give you peace and serenity. And then God will give you security. Hang on. Help is coming. Certainly. Even when you don't see it come, all of a sudden, immediately, God is going to step in. You don't take God alone. One moment, He can change months and years of pain in one moment. Leave it in doors the night, John will come in the morning. And He's sovereign enough to speak over your situation. Some of them even make some of them.